Chapter Six of the Fall River Tragedy by Edwin H. Porter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Six. The funeral. The funeral of the murdered people took place on the morning of August the sixth. Crowds of people, numbering between three thousand and four thousand, appeared on Second Street, in front of the house, and about twenty policemen stood around and maintained a clear passage. Reverend Dr. Adams of the First Congregational Church and City Missionary Buck soon arrived and entered the house. The bodies were laid in two black cloth-covered caskets in the sitting-room, where Mr. Borden was killed. An ivy wreath was placed on Mr. Borden's bier, and a bouquet of white roses and fern leaves, tied with a white satin ribbon, was placed over Mrs. Borden. There were about seventy-five persons present in the funeral services in the house. The services consisted of reading from the scriptures and prayer. There were no singing and no remarks. The bodies of the victims were laid in the caskets, with the mutilated portions of the head turned down, so that the cuts could not be noticed. The caskets were open, and the faces of both looked wonderfully peaceful. The mourners who were present were Mrs. Oliver Gray, the stepmother of the deceased woman, G. F. Fish, and wife of Hartford, Connecticut, the latter a sister of Mrs. Borden, Dr. Bowen and wife, Southard H. Miller, and a very few of the neighbours who had been invited to attend the services in the house. The funeral was private, that is, only a very few of the immediate friends were asked to accompany the remains to the cemetery. But from eleven o'clock until eleven-thirty, when the funeral procession of eleven hacks and two hearses started on its way, there were immense crowds of people lining every sidewalk there was a detachment of police at the cemetery and another posse accompanied the remains on their way through borden and rock streets to the northern end of the city where the cemetery is located the pallbearers were for mr borden abram g hart cashier of the union savings bank george w dean a retired capitalist jerome c borden a relative of the deceased richard b borden treasurer of the troy mills in which mr borden was a director james m osborne an associate of the deceased in several mills andrew borden treasurer of the merchant's mill in which mr borden was a large owner for mrs borden james c eddy henry s buffington frank l army j henry wells simeon b chase john h boone all of them gentlemen in the highest local social and business circles as the procession wended its way along north main street many old associates of mr borden were seen to raise their hats they forgot all knowledge of the curiosity seekers who stood gaping beside them miss lizzie and miss emma borden were of course the principal mourners miss lizzie went out of the house first leaning on undertaker winwood's arm miss emma was calm and she walked quickly and took her seat without hardly glancing at the crowd staring at her both ladies were without veils the last person to leave the house was mr morse who went into a carriage with reverend mr buck and dr adams the procession arrived at the cemetery about twelve twenty three o'clock when several hundred people stood about the grounds awaiting the burial the crowd was kept back by a dozen policemen under direction of sergeant john brocklehurst no one left any of the carriages during the ceremonies except the officiating clergy, the bearers, and Mr. Morse. 
Reverend E. A. Buck began the funeral exercises by reading New Testament passages introduced with I am the resurrection and the life. He was followed by Reverend Dr. Adam, who prayed for the spiritual guidance of all, and the inclination of all to submit to divine control, besought that justice should overtake the wrong that had been done, also that those who are seeking to serve the ends of justice might be delivered from mistake, be helped to possess all mercifulness as well as all righteousness, and in conclusion, prayed that all might be delivered from the dominion of evil. There was a pause of perhaps five minutes during which the carriages kept their places and no one stirred toward the grave except an elderly lady in plain dress, who hastened to the casket of Mrs. Borden, and was about to kneel in reverence before it, when she was moved away by an officer, and went to the fence around the ground, where, with back to the crowd, she buried her head in tears. It was whispered that she had been employed long ago by the Bordens. The bodies were not interred in the graves, as a telegraphic order had been received from Boston, instructing that they should not be buried. Both caskets were returned to the hearses, and were deposited in a receiving tomb. End of chapter 6